Cats podcast. Ready? Let's go. Welcome to the Community Cats podcast. I am your host, Stacey LeBaron. I've been involved helping homeless cats for over 20 years with the Merrimack River Feline Rescue Society. The goal of this podcast is to expose you to amazing people who are improving the lives of cats. I hope these interviews will help you learn how you can turn your passion for cats into action. Today, we're speaking with Julie Poslins. Julie is the founder of Cat School and an online training school for cats. At Cat School, cat lovers learn how to teach their cats fun and practical behaviors using clicker training methods. Julie's goal is to use training to enrich cats' lives and strengthen the cat-human bond. She shares training tutorials on her Instagram page and YouTube channel and loves featuring students working with their cats. Julie has an MSc in Animal Behavior and holds the Associate Certified Applied Animal Behaviorist designation. Her assistant teacher is her beloved black cat named Jones. Julie, welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me, Stacey. So I had the privilege of just checking out your website, and there's a great video on your homepage with you and Jones doing some fantastic stuff. So I will say Jones is one of the most handsome cats I've ever seen. (laughs) Thank you. I'll let him know (laughs) that you think so. (laughs) So Julie, uh, tell me a little bit about how did you become so passionate about cats? So I was a dog trainer. That's kind of my background. I worked with dogs. I walked dogs. Everything was all about dogs. And then Jones showed up at my doorstep one day, a little kitten, like he was four months old. And I heard him crying outside while I was on the phone. I went outside and found him there. So I brought him inside. I had to get my husband to kind of help me get him from under a porch, but we managed to catch him, brought him inside. And I was prepared to adopt him because my dogs didn't like cats. Anyhow, Jones, he has this amazing ability to befriend other animals, like I was mentioning to you earlier. And he managed to convince my dogs that he was going to stay. (laughs) But that wasn't it. He ended up wanting to do everything that they did. So I was doing my evening training sessions with the dogs and Jones would show up. I would take them for walks and then he would be there. So I guess I started to think like, hmm, why am I not doing the same things with him that I'm doing with my dogs. And I started clicker training him just like I was doing with my dogs in the evening. And the rest is history. I found out that he loved it. And we just kept doing it. And then I just started getting really into clicker training cats. What is the purpose of clicker training? What is clicker training specifically for those folks that might not know about it? And then what are the benefits for cats and for dogs with regards to clicker training? Well, the clicker is a teaching tool. It's a little handheld device that makes a clicking sound and we use it to teach behaviors. And so one of the examples I always use is if you wanted to teach your cat high five and they actually lifted their paw and then you gave them a treat after they put their paw back down, they might think they're getting a treat for sitting or for looking at you. So the clicker lets them know the behavior that earned the reward. So you click the split second your cat raises their paw and now they know, oh, that was the behavior that earned a reward. And then because a behavior that earns reinforcement gets repeated, they're going to start lifting their paw again. So it's an excellent teaching tool and it's a great way to enrich an animal's life. It's all based on positive reinforcement. So you can teach lots of different behaviors. It's like a game. That's the best way to think about it. The cat or the dog is playing a game with you. They're basically trying to figure out how they can earn a reward. And so if you have it in your head that you're teaching, you know, high five or spin, you're kind of taking them on a journey 
using the clicker to let them know they got that right, they're getting a reward to repeat it. And then eventually you add a signal to it. So for high five, I would add that, you know, my or fist bump is like one that everyone loves. I add my fist bump. He's now been reinforced for raising his paw. And so we work together as a team. I have a signal and he knows what that means and he gets a treat for doing the behavior. So that's kind of clicker training in a nutshell. It's a fun way to enrich an animal's life. You're teaching them fun behaviors, but you can also teach a lot of practical behaviors. So you're talking about enrichment. And when we had our online behavior day course back in February, we were talking a lot about how important it is for cats to have enrichment in their lives, especially around a conversation of being an indoor only cat or versus an indoor outdoor cat. And how does this add to enrichment versus just sort of having a like a scratching post in the corner of the living room? That's a really good question, because a lot of people are using food puzzles. And that's a really good way to, you know, add enrichment. But clicker training is like, it's something that you do with your cat. So it's a bonding exercise. It's like teamwork. So it builds trust between the two of you. It's a communication tool. So you're learning how to communicate with your cat. Your cat is learning how to communicate with you. So for people who want to do something, you can put a food puzzle down. That's amazing. But if you actually want to get to know your cat better and start working with them together, that's where clicker training comes in really handy. So you might want to teach your cat to stay on a chair while you're cutting up pieces of chicken. That's where clicker training comes in. Clicker training is a great way to teach your cat behaviors. So it's basically something that you would do together versus other types of enrichment that are, you know, something that the cat would do on their own. How much time do you spend during a day doing clicker training? I have this vision of like my cat going, oh, I just want to eat all these crunchies all the time or all these treats all the time. So therefore, I'm going to totally ignore the maybe healthier wet version of the food that he has on the floor. So, you know, from that standpoint, do you do this 10 minutes a day or all day long or what's the scale? So I always encourage people if they are using dry food to either put the dry food in a food puzzle or to use it for training or they could do a bit of both. So you're literally grabbing a handful of your cat's food and I encourage people not to leave their cat's food out all day because then it wouldn't have any value. So you're taking a handful and you're just using those pieces to get them to do certain behaviors, whatever you're working on. It can be five minutes, it can be 10 minutes, that's it. You could do it once or twice a day. It's actually one of the things I say just do a call it commercial break training. That's kind of a term that dog trainers use, like in between commercials, <laughs> just grab your clicker, grab a couple of treats and just start getting your cat to do a few behaviors. It doesn't have to be anything. In fact, I would rather someone do two minutes and just kind of get going and then they'll see they're having fun and they'll kind of keep going. You know, they get that momentum. So I don't like telling anyone they have to do it for too long. It's just, you know, a couple minutes, even if they just did one behavior before they fed their cat their wet food, they could even simply do that, ask their cat to jump on a chair to, you know, do a spin and then put their wet food down. So it doesn't have to be anything too complicated. So if I wanted to, you know, sign up for cat school and begin the process of teaching my cat with a clicker, what's the process? What's your cat school like? So I have a kit and it includes a clicker and also a target stick. So target stick, it's like a retractable stick and it has like a little ball at the end and we teach the cat to touch the stick with their nose. So the kit comes with those two tools and a little book and then the online lessons. And so once you get your kit, you get into the online class and you start the lessons and I have building blocks. So like one of my building blocks is to teach a cat to touch a container to put their paw on a container. And I use that 
to teach the cat to fist bump. I get cats to touch sticky notes. And then I use the sticky note to teach all different behaviors. So I have a bunch of building blocks, I have practical behaviors. So really, it's just a journey of starting to work with your cat. And it kind of depends on what your goals are. Some people, it's almost nice to see some people just come into the class just to teach tricks and have fun. And then of course, there's other people that come in that want to improve their cat's behavior. So it depends on what the goals are of the student. But there is really no rigid plan. People can kind of, my goal for people, I always say do three behaviors. One that's kind of a brain game. So something that they're using their brain, one that's more active. So like jumping over your arm, jumping over your leg, and then one that's a life skill. So like going in a carrier, going in a backpack, getting a harness on. So if you can divide up your day, if you have time, try to do three things with your cat, that would be my ideal scenario. So I'm going to ask the question that I think most of my listeners are going to be asking because many of them have more than one cat. Can they do group training or does it have to be one-on-one? No, you actually can do multiple cats, but you have to teach each one to stay at a parking spot. That's what I call it. So you can even just start without doing that. I see lots of people in my class just kind of tossing a treat away. So one runs after it while they work with the other one. It doesn't have to be anything too complicated. But if the cats are interfering with one another, then you do want to teach them to stay at their spot. And the one that you're working with is getting treats for doing the training. And the one that stays at the spot is getting treats for staying there. And it can be fun. Like I know I only have one cat now, but when I had two, it was fun for one to watch the other. So I don't discourage. It's enrichment too. They're still getting learning to stay, learning impulse control, and they are social learners. So so I do have people in the class say, you know, that my cat saw my other cat do this, <laughs> which is actually quite funny. But so yeah, being in the same room is fine. You just don't want them interfering with each other when there's a lot of food around because it can be stressful and stuff. So I always get them to learn to stay at their parking spots, which can be even just chairs. So each cat's on a chair. And I think that's a great foundation behavior is just to get your each cat to stay on a chair. Like I try to get people to do that right from the start, because then you can work on stay from that. You can work on all the fist bump, the high fives, all those things can be done on a chair. So once the cats are used to staying on their spots or on their chairs, then you can kind of introduce more active tricks. And at that point, each cat already has that foundation behavior. Oh, I know to stay on this chair. I'm going to get treats for staying here. Sign up today for a kitten-focused event presented by the National Kitten Coalition and the Community Cats Podcast. It's the online kitten conference. This three-day virtual gathering will feature presentations by experts on raising and saving kittens, setting up and managing kitten-centered shelter programs, and more. The online kitten conference is going to be on June 12th through the 14th, and all presentations will be recorded. So if you can't attend them all, no worries. You'll be able to watch the recordings afterwards. Since this is a virtual event, you'll have the opportunity to gain valuable insights and have your questions answered by some of the most knowledgeable leaders in the animal welfare community without the expense and hassle of traveling. For $75, you'll get full access to the whole program of the Online Kitten Conference in 2020 on June 12th through the 14th. CommunityCatsPodcast.com and sign up today. We can't wait to see you there. You already know that capturing and editing video of your animals is important to your social media strategy. Facebook, Instagram, and even PetFinder all allow you to embed videos to bring more attention to your life-saving work. But how can you easily get videos from your staff and volunteers into a place where you can use it? Check out RescueTube, where they've simplified the process of getting your videos and photos together in one place. 
Here's how it works. You simply generate a unique code, which your staff and volunteers enter into the free Dubert app, and the videos and photos they take are automatically uploaded to your dashboard. Imagine being able to capture recent videos and photos from all of your foster homes in one place to use on your social media and website. RescueTube is powered by Dubert, so you can keep all of your life-saving work from transports to fosters all in one place. Learn more at www.rescue.tube to simplify capturing video and photos of your animals. So many of the folks that are tuned into the podcast, too, are involved with shelters and shelter work. Can clicker training be used in a sheltering environment? Absolutely. It's definitely getting more popular. So it can be anything from helping fearful cats come out of their shell. Because with fearful cats, clicker training teaches the animal a sense of control and also routine. So it can be incredibly beneficial for animals that feel like in a shelter that might be feeling out of control. Suddenly they have this routine. So they're now, okay, this is what we're doing right now. And it's their choice. So with clicker training, you're never forcing an animal to do anything. It's all their choice. So say you have like a mat or what I call a parking spot. I use a laptop case. They put their paws on it. You click, they get a treat. You throw the treat in the opposite direction from you. So they get relief away from the person or the thing that they're scared of. Then it's their choice. Do you want to come back, put your paws on this spot again? You're in, you know, you get a treat. And then if that doesn't work, you can always make it easier. But at the end of the day, the animal is learning to control their environment and that can have a huge benefit for a cat that's in a scary place. What about cats that have aggressive tendencies? Has this been helpful for them too? Absolutely. We use clicker training a lot for aggressive dogs. That's how I got involved in it. So if one animal is looking at the other and they are going to lunge, hiss, whatever, if you're talking about dogs, bark, whatever it is, your goal is to click for looking at the other animal before they react. So that's why. So basically, if you have two cats and they're not getting along, you can use the clicker for that as well because what you're doing is you're marking them the second that they look at the other cat, but before they have a reaction. So, you know, it is a little bit more complicated. And unfortunately, there's a ton of resources for dogs, but there's not a lot of resources on this for cats. We don't see a lot of stuff on helping cats overcome aggression with the clicker. You know, and I hope to build more resources for that. But if anyone needs help with it, the one of the best ways to learn more is to look up the same thing with dogs and you can actually copy it. It's the same stuff. It's all the same stuff. So there are great resources for helping, you know, dogs with aggression and you could looking it up with clicker training. But like I said, hopefully I can add to that conversation with some more resources. So you've mentioned that a couple of times, this sort of parallel with dog training on the clicker. So you're saying that it's basically the same. It's absolutely the same. They all learn the same. So it's just a matter of the different contexts that, for instance, with dogs, we would introduce them typically outside. If I was to have two dogs meet that are unfamiliar, I would never bring the second dog into the house. They would meet outside on leash. But with cats, you know, it's done differently. Cats bring them into the house and they separate them in rooms and all that stuff. The point being that the contexts are different, but the idea of using the clicker could be done the same way. You just have to figure out, you know, how to set it up properly in the environment that you're in. We mentioned a little bit in the conversation we had before I hit the record button that you are a big fan of leash walking and how to get your cat used to walking on a leash. So what would be your key tips in that area? 
the first step is getting a cat used to a harness. And I love helping people with that because I think it's one of the easier ones. So it's an, a fairly easy win. And by the way, it's not clicker training. I, sometimes people also get confused with this. So I just want to clarify that we don't use the clicker for this is more behavior modification or just making an association. So with the clicker, we're marking the cat for doing something. But with a harness, they're not actually doing anything. We're just saying every time you wear this harness, something good happens. So that's kind of an important distinction. But I like helping people. That's another one of the things that I do. If people go to my website, I have a course on helping people get their cat harnessed. We would use the clicker for a behavior that we want to teach the cat once they're wearing the harness. So for instance, if we wanted to teach the cat to walk forward, we could use a target stick, like I was mentioning, and then they could learn to touch the target stick and take a couple steps. So if people are confused about that, you know, they can always reach out to me. But harness training is a really good skill. And I love helping people get their cats on a harness and then helping them get outside and doing all that safely and with their cat being happy and comfortable. That's great. I've had my cat on a harness on, a, on leash walking a few times. And he was a former indoor outdoor cat who then became an indoor only cat. And then sometimes I feel like it's a little bit too much stimulation for him out there going back on the leash. And he keeps looking around like, what are you doing? Why are you on me? <laughs> you know, his memory is still there of when he had ultimate freedom outside. So it's a bit of a challenge for us, but maybe through some help from you, I could figure out a way to find a good balance for both of us. Yeah, what I always say to people is start with the training inside because there's no distractions. And then when you get outside, you can apply what you've learned. So it's a good idea to have a good understanding of the training. And also you work out things like what treats does your cat like and everything indoors. And then when you go outside, you can use the treats like a gauge to see how stimulated your cat is outside. So for instance, if your cat has their favorite treat inside, but you take it outside and the cat won't eat their treat, that's giving you some information that the environment is really distracting. So it's really good to learn inside first. I always try to help people. I always say, I'll help you get to the finish line. Just kind of start <laughs> inside and then we can go from there because I get all this information from them. Like, will your cat do this inside? If you can't get your cat to do it inside, you know, it's really hard outside because there is, it's a huge distraction when you go outside, but you can also try to minimize the level of distraction and then kind of get a bit more successful based on where you are and where you're walking your cat and all those things. So there are a lot of variables and walking outside is not the easiest thing for everyone has a different environment too. That's the other thing that people live in buildings, people live in busy neighborhoods, people live in suburbs. And some people have to deal with dogs running at them. <laughs> like right. there are a lot of different variables. But yeah, I really hope I can help more people get their cat outside on leashes. You mentioned backpacks. And then I've also seen people take their cats out in strollers. Do you have opinions about either of those? I love the stroller. I don't have one, but I think the stroller is amazing because you can train it inside. So you can train the cat to go in their stroller inside and then you can take them outside. And like I was just saying with the treat test, offer them the treat and see how stressed out they are and that kind of thing. But I think it's a great way. It's a very safe way to give them some more enrichment. And if you live in a building, I think it's probably the best way to get outside because I don't know how people are going downstairs and elevators. So the backpack is another option. But I think it would be easier to train the stroller. However, that being said, there are a lot of people using backpacks right now. So they're having success with that. And that's great. And I see a lot of cats going and choosing to go in their backpacks, too. So people are doing it. So when you go out with Jones, do you take him out on a leash? 
I do. I take him out on a leash and we do neighborhood walks. So I don't put him in the car like some more adventurous people are doing. Jones comes out, we go out on walks and we just kind of explore the neighborhood. And you do that with your dogs or with Jones alone? No, no. Just, yeah, just with Jones. Just alone. <laughs> Jones. I wish I could do it with all, everyone together. <laughs> it would make my life easier. <laughs> but no, I, Jones is, I enjoy taking him out. I kind of bring out my tea and he likes to eat grass and he's pretty good. He doesn't, it's pretty relaxing. Like I would say compared to my dogs where I'm trying to really get them, moving them forward and stuff with him. I'm just letting him kind of sniff around, eat grass. And occasionally he tries to go a little, he goes a little further. Like he is, he gets more comfortable with the places, but we don't tend to go too far because I always like him to know how to get home if he gets nervous or anything like that. So Jones doesn't exhibit hunting skills. That was the one problem I had with my cat was he would see a mouse or a mole or a bird or something and he would immediately try and want to stalk that sort of prey, mm -hmm. doing his hunting things, even though he never caught a bird in his life. But I will say in his past life, he has taken out a few moles and mice and stuff. But it was like his hunting antenna came on and he totally forgot he had a harness on and yeah. just kind of went crazy. Yeah, no, I could see how that could happen. There's been like just one time recently where Jones saw something kind of moving in the bushes. And after that, it was hard to get his attention. But he's very food motivated. So I'm pretty lucky <laughs> I can kind of <laughs> put a treat to his nose. And he's like, oh, okay, I'm back. <laughs> I'll eat that. Let's go. <laughs> What's the best clicker training thing that you have done with Jones? Hmm, that's a tough one because we've got about 100 behaviors, I think. <laughs> I just take him through everything that I've taught my dogs. I try to teach him. Was there yeah. one that was tough for him to learn? I'd say fetch is the hardest one. I've been trying oh. to teach yeah, I would love for him to fetch. <laughs> but we're just not there yet. So yeah, that's the hardest one. But I have a beginner fetch. He has learned how to do it. So he we have made great progress. But it's not to the point where he's, you know, chasing a toy across the room and bring it back like I've seen some cats do naturally. So yeah, he will pick it up and he will walk forward and bring it towards me. That's kind of as far as we've gotten some of the behaviors I've been working on with him for like, you know, a year mm -hmm. <laughs> longer. Mm -hmm. I don't even do it for anything more than just helping him sleep through the night. You know, I sure I love to show off on social media, but that actually doesn't even really do that much for me because I don't want people to think I never want people to think, oh, you know, she's so good. She's amazing. But that's not something my cat could do. So I don't tend to show off too many of our more advanced things. I kind of really like showing people this is something that you can do too. And all these other students have done it. And it's not that hard. That's kind of where I always come from. I don't try to show too many really advanced things because I want people to think their cat can do this too. So that's kind of my goal. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to scare us all away. Exactly. I don't want anyone to think, well, her cat's just because people always say that they're like, Jones is so smart. <laughs> of course, he's smart. But like I was mentioning to you before, what Jones really excels at is he's got amazing social skills. So I think he's, of course, he's smart. But I don't think that's, you know, a unique characteristic that he's incredibly, he's a genius or anything like that. He's just been trained for a long time. So he's learned a lot of skills. The brain is like a muscle, the more you start working it. So Jones can pick up stuff really quickly now. But he's, you know, average smartness. <laughs> I'll cover his ears as I say that. <laughs> but he has amazing social skills. That's kind of what I think is his natural gift. <laughs> so Julie, if folks are interested in finding out more about the school, how would they do that? 
So they can go to my website, catschool.co. And the other best way, my favorite way for people to learn more is to get on my Instagram, which is cat.school. And that's where I feature students. I have a free fist bump tutorial there so they can start training right away and start teaching their cat to fist bump, which is obviously the cutest behavior, the one that everyone loves. (laughs) And it's not that hard. So I've got a video they can follow. Cool. Is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners today? No, but thank you so much for having me. I hope I've encouraged or inspired people to check out clicker training and have fun training their cat. Yeah, I think I'm going to go onto the Instagram page and I can see if I can get Hooch to learn how to fist pump. Many folks have seen Hooch. He appears at some of the webinars and the online conferences and stuff. He sometimes makes an appearance. So I'll see if I can teach him how to do that because I have not done any clicker training with him. And, you know, he's getting a little older and a little slower. And so this might be a good idea to do this with him. I'm sure he's going to love it. You'll have to let me know. (laughs) Julie, thank you again so much for agreeing to be a guest on my show. And I hope we'll have you on again in the future. And for our folks out there tuning into the podcast, please, please share this podcast with others. Please share with as many folks as possible. The more downloads we have, the more people will listen and learn about all the things that we can do to help cats in our community. So thanks so much for tuning in. Julie, thank you again. Thank you for having me. Thank you for listening to the Community Cats podcast. I would really appreciate it if you would go to iTunes, leave a review of the show. It will help spread the word to help more community cats. 